Welcome to Limitless, the blind beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. This podcast is being brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community, in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and I've missed you. We took a few weeks off, but we have a good reason. We've been planning something really special for this episode. We were busy off at summer camp, and today we're going to be talking about Camp Hornby. We wanted to kind of give our listeners an idea of what camp's all about. It's one of our favorite activities and we've sure missed it over COVID. We weren't able to attend for the last two summers. So everyone had a really great time this year and we're gonna, we're gonna share some of their feedback and experiences with you today. And joining me is our podcast producer and communications coordinator, Rob Minot coming back from behind the scenes to the front of the scenes i don't know (laughs) (laughs) that's right welcome rob well hello and thanks uh thanks for the opportunity to come in the other side of the mic (laughs) yeah thanks for joining me so you've got some editing work cut out for you for this episode and um and you didn't get to go to camp so we're gonna have a chat about that yeah i didn't and and i'm but I got to hear all about it, uh, literally. So maybe w- what we should start with is, is set up what we kind of did, because uh, in order to uh, produce some of the content for this uh, podcast, we actually did something a little different. So you want to speak to to yeah. what Clement was up to during camp? Yeah, so Clement was our star reporter uh, reporting on the scene <laughs> at Camp Hornby. He came to camp. Clement has been uh, attending. He's he's a veteran Camp Hornby goer, uh, went as a camper for many, many years and has volunteered for many years as well. And his job this summer was to make recordings of what was happening at camp so that we could incorporate them into this episode. So you're going to hear lots of different clips of camp through our discussion. So thanks, Clement. You you got lots of great material, and we hope that this will really give people, if you haven't been to Hornby, you're going to feel like you've been there, and probably you're going to want to go <laughs> next year. That's right. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting for me, too, because, you know, even though I've been with the organization for over two years now, this is the first summer that we actually ran camp. So it, I really do literally feel like I, I'm, I'm learning a lot. Um, as a quote new, <laughs> new-ish um, staff member, um, in terms of what goes on at the camp and and sort of being able to to hear some real-time stories. So this has been a, a really cool experience for me too, even though you know I was sort of on the sidelines for it. Hmm. Yeah, and I imagine listening to the clips, you've got some questions. Oh my gosh! Speaking of questions, why don't we start with? Just how Camp Hornby originated? How far back does it go in in the Blind Beginnings programs? So one really special thing about Camp Hornby, it is 
it is not Blind Beginnings original program. Really? <laughs> it is one of the few programs that existed before Blind Beginnings existed. So the story goes, uh, there was a gentleman named John Mason, uh, and he had a place on Hornby Island and was friends with uh, Gord, who was the executive director of the Tribune Bay Outdoor Education Center, where we host Camp Hornby. And Gord has a son who's deaf and started a camp for families with deaf children. And John knew about that and asked Gord, would you ever consider doing a camp for kids who are blind and their families? And Gord said, absolutely. I don't know anything about blindness, but I'm happy to try. Hmm. So John Mason had some friends in the blind community, but he didn't work in the field or anything. Um, and he just took it upon himself to start raising funds for a camp once a year to bring a bunch of families and kids who are blind and their families together at the Tribune Bay Outdoor Education Center. So I believe the Camp Hornby Society was founded in 2002. Blind Beginnings was founded in 2008. Hmm. So when I started Blind Beginnings, I actually volunteered with the Camp Camp Hornby Society and came to, to Hornby Camp as a volunteer for a couple of years and uh, joined the board of the Camp Hornby Society. And then slowly John kind of informed me of his plan that, you know, eventually he'd like to retire and would Blind Beginnings be interested in taking over this program. And of course, we were honored and thrilled to do so. And so we've been running the camp since I think 2013. Um, hmm. we started the first year just administrating the registration and then took over the whole, the fundraising and everything after that. So yeah, it's, it's existed longer than blind beginnings. Wow. So in terms of the structure of the camp, um, why is it that it seems to sort of fit in so well with, with the blind beginnings mandates? Like, how does an overnight summer camp like this really resonate with, with the families? And, and why do you think that is? The, the really great thing about Camp Hornby is it was, it's not actually designed to teach skills about blindness-related blindness skills or, you know, there's not like learning required. Right. <laughs> Many of our programs, we try to teach some, some skills while having a good time. This camp is really just families coming together to kind of forget about blindness for a week and enjoy themselves at camp. And so the expectations for the kids that come to camp who are blind are exactly the same as the expectations are for any sighted child that comes to camp. Um, and I think that's kind of similar to blind beginnings where we're just assuming you can do anything that anyone else can. And if we have some challenges along the way, we'll figure those out so that you can still do the activity. And that's kind of what Tribune Bay staff have done. So they also, you know, most of the people that work there, their staff changes. Some staff um, come back summer after summer, but a lot of them are new. They probably haven't necessarily interacted with somebody who was blind before, but they just treat the kids the same way that they would anybody else. And if they aren't sure, they ask, like, how, what kind of support do you need to be able to do this? Um, they also use ACE as kind of uh, behind all of their activities. So 
I think you have a clip that explains I, Ace. So yeah, actually I do. Uh, and let's go ahead and play that so that uh, the audience can sort of hear exactly right out of the mouth of one of the Tribune Bay facilitators exactly what Ace is. A's accept all levels of ability, so it doesn't matter if you're the best climber in the group or the best at water sports. It's not a competition. We accept all levels of ability. At the very least, I want you guys to put on the climbing gear so we have a harness and a helmet and maybe get clipped into the carabiner. And if that's enough for you, that's enough. So we accept all levels of ability. Awesome, okay. So the C stands for, anyone remember? Do you remember? Challenge yourself? Yeah, challenge by choice. So it's not my job as a program facilitator to force you to climb to the very top. You guys try and set a goal for yourself and try and reach that goal. So if it's just getting clipped into your harness and saying, okay, I tried it, or maybe your goal is to get to the very top of the ladder with your partner. Try and set a goal and yeah. It's all up to you how high you want to climb. So the last one is E. Does anyone know what the E stands for in ACE? Danny? Encouragement. Encouragement, yeah. So there's positive encouragement, there's negative, which we don't want, and there's silent. <laughs> Constructive So the negative encouragement looks like yelling things like, don't look down, don't fall, or things like that because if somebody says don't fall, it might make the climber a bit nervous and you might be the reason why they decide to come down. We don't want that. So positive encouragement is keep going, you got this, you can do it, you're almost there. Take a break if you have to. So positive words. And then the last one is silent. And that just means if you're a climber who wants the ground to be completely quiet so you can focus and concentrate, then you can let me know and we'll make sure that the whole audience is just quiet. Make sense? So that's ACE. You're gonna hear that a lot this week. You're probably gonna get very annoyed of <clears throat> ACE, but that is our motto at Tribune Bay of the Ed Center. Yeah, that is so cool. What really stood out to me when, when I heard that clip for the first time is that I love this idea of any sort of ability is is welcome. So you make you make a lot of the, the kids really feel like they're just accomplishing something just by getting harnessed up or and getting ready to um, do whatever the activity is. And there's a, and there's a bunch of different activities that that we're going to talk a little bit about later, because um, I'm assuming that ACE is something that they come up with any of their programs. And it's not mm -hmm. certainly not necessarily um, blind or visually impaired specific. But is there an aspect of that 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 plays really well into that that part of the camp? Yeah, absolutely. It's not specifically for us or for disability groups. It's for every group. And if you think about it, you know, it, it's really interesting. Um, say the fear of heights, like it's not you can be totally blind and have no fear, maybe because you can't even if you do, were to look down, <laughs> you know, you don't really see how far up you are, although you can feel it definitely. But um, versus perfect vision, you can be terrified at the top of a high platform as well. Right. So like right. it has nothing to do with that. It is really just what accepting all levels of ability, wherever you are and whatever your fears are, um, and then choosing to challenge yourself at whatever level is comfortable for you. 
And I, I love that. I think we do see some kids that just maybe can climb to the top of the ladder and they're really proud of themselves because sometimes the scariest part is deciding to do the thing. Right. Right. So deciding that you're going to try and putting on that harness and helmet and getting on belay and, and starting the process can be really, really a big deal for someone. And then because we do the same activities every summer, next year, maybe you climb a little bit past that point. And then you're, you're kind of comparing yourself to yourself from year to year rather than comparing yourself to anybody else. Why don't we, why don't we talk a little bit about the, the different activities just mm -hmm. so people can get a little bit more of an idea and then we'll sort of dig in and talk a little bit about, about the, the specific programming and how they were developed and stuff. All right. So for activities, what we do is we split all the kids into small groups in, in their age groups. And then over the three full days, you rotate through a series of activities in your group. So we had four activity groups this year. So activities include kayaking, um, high ropes, high ropes is like in a harness, climbing up, walking across a tightrope or walking across a, uh, a log high above the ground. Um, that's really simplifying it. Leap of faith, which is climbing up to the top of a telephone pole and jumping off again in a harness, of course. Right. Giant's ladder, which is my favorite, where you're you're actually climbing with a partner and it's like um, if you can picture a ladder hanging in the trees like a, that, that a giant <laughs> would use. So the rungs of the ladder, I think they start at around four feet apart or maybe a little bit more than four feet from the bottom rung to the, the one above it. And then each rung after that, it's a um, the distance is increased. Yes. So by the time you get to the top of the ladder, I can barely reach the rung above me oh, yeah, yeah. Um, at like the fourth rung. So I think there's five rungs to climb up and you're working as part of a team. So you're helping your partner, you're both harnessed in and you can't advance to the next rung of the ladder until both of you are on the same rung. So you just one at a time, one person climbs up to the next one, then the second person climbs up and you can, you make your way up as far as you can. But interesting, you know, with with the ACE philosophy, the goal is not necessarily to get to the top. The goal is that whatever rung you both are able to get to, you and your partner, you need to face each other and do a double high five, which means you're letting go oh, <laughs> of anything and high fiving. So again, you're in a harness, but that idea, my my palms are sweating just talking Jeez. about it. Um, the, the ladder also moves like it's not a stationary ladder it's hanging above the ground so it's wobbly and yeah wow. it's it's crazy it's really fun though so there's giant's ladder uh there's rock climbing um so we've got a rock wall just like if if anyone's been to a climbing gym i think they call it climbing tower um what else do we do the kids get to drive a tractor we go on a boat ride um there's a walk to Lunar Beach, which is this really cool beach that's like not too far away, maybe like a 20 minute walk from the camp where you can see lots of sea creatures. And it sort of looks like I imagine the surface of the moon looks like it's not a sandy beach. It's like got this these cool kind of like 
cutouts in the rock where there's puddles of ocean water and sea creatures and very, very cool. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something, <laughs> but those are some of the, the kind of the most fun activities that we do. Well, and then of course, I mean, all the campfire stuff and. Oh yes. There's like group act, large group activities in the evening. So we play beep kickball, which is something we bring. Um, we have campfire, we have a talent show and a dance on the last night. And we play a game called stones, which is sort of like capture the flag sort of. And we just paired everybody up. So there was a person who was blind and a sighted person and you're linked together and you have to stay connected while you're chasing around trying to capture the things in the game and not be tagged. So that was really fun as well. Now, in terms of all the activities and, and the programming itself, who who is it that sort of developed these? So I think the Tribune Bay um, Outdoor Education Center does the same sort of camp for every group. They do a lot of camps for school groups during the school year right. and then outside of school groups in the summers. And I think every group pretty much runs through the same activities. We, over the years, have made a few adjustments. So they used to play a game called Predator and Prey. I found it quite visual and not very fun for someone with no vision. You're kind of running through the forest. It's it's kind of a hierarchical tag game where you're tagging people who are below you in the food chain and you have to look for food and water in the forest, which obviously, if you can't see, you're kind of, it's your partner that's doing all of that. So I just didn't feel super empowered doing that activity. So we incorporated beep kickball instead, which is a game where people who are blind tend to shine and um, you have to wear a blindfold when you play beep kickball, the ball beeps. And so we get siblings and, and parents to put a blindfold on as well when they play, because wow. that's the rules of the game and that's the point of the game. So um, yeah, and you know, the stones was another game that it was, you know, people who are blind had a partner and were kind of dragged around. So we made everyone have a partner because <laughs> it sort of puts you at an even playing field. It's harder for two people to run away from someone trying to tag them than it is for one. And so we don't want the person who's blind who needs a guide to be at a disadvantage. But most of the activities are are completely developed by Tribune Bay. And then we just sort of give them some feedback on ways to make it a little bit more even or inclusive for our families and youth. So I'm just curious, you know, at, at the beginning of, of the camp, was, was when when Tribune Bay kind of was like, well, here's all the different activities. Was there ever any of those that you were just like, Oof, I don't know. I don't know if, if that's going to actually work for us. Like, were you surprised at how well some of these could actually be adapted and how sort of well they work in terms of building some really crucial skills and experiences for the campers? Well, again, I wasn't there in the beginning when, no, you know, there right. was talk of which activities we would do. But I do remember in the beginning when I started to attend, like kayaking, I was really excited that I got to go in my own kayak because I just sort of assumed, oh, there'll be double kayaks and, you know, they'll make sure there's a sighted person in there in the boat. But because it's the the property is in Tribune Bay. It's this really big bay where the water stays shallow 
you know, you got to walk forever to get into deeper water. It's perfectly safe and it's calm. And so everyone gets to go in their own kayak. Hmm. And I got to tootle around in my own kayak for the first time at Camp Hornby. And that was pretty exciting. Also, we had to carry the boats out to the water <laughs> from the shore. And you have to walk quite a while when the tide's out, especially. Hmm. And I thought, well, this is super cool. I mean, some people may be grumbly that we have to carry kayaks, but I think it was fantastic that the expectation was absolutely that we could carry kayaks. So, you know, they just, the way you carry, you've got the person in the front puts a hand on, you've got, you're basically standing in the middle of two kayaks and the person in the front can see. So they're holding the handles at the front of the two boats. And then I'm at the back holding the handles at the back of the two boats. And together we walk over the logs and over the beach and we get to the water. So I think, you know, most of the harnessed activities, rock um, climbing tower, for example, when you're climbing up a, a wall, there's colors and like you can't see where the holds are. You've got to feel around for them. But so, I mean, sometimes it's more challenging because you're kind of holding yourself on the wall while you're feeling around. Whereas if you can see, you can just see where to reach for that next hold. But it's a very tactile experience. Like you certainly don't need to see in order to climb. Um, and then we always have people down below giving some verbal direction for anyone who wants or needs that saying, okay, with your left hand, just reach up a little to the left and that's, there's a good hold there for you or, or whatever. So I feel like there's nothing. Oh, and maybe driving the tractor was another one that I was kind of surprised to hear that they were going to let blind kids drive a tractor, right. but it's the highlight for many of them. And if you're never going to be able to drive, to be able to drive a tractor is pretty darn exciting. Totally. So, and it's perfectly safe. And there's, there's somebody right there with you in the front of the tractor to like take over if anything goes wrong. Um, but yeah, they let you, they let you shift, they let you steer, they let you do it. What, what really amazes me about a lot of these activities is that they really, they check a lot of boxes. Like they're, they're really fun for, for a lot of the campers. They're also, for a lot of the campers, these, these are first time experiences for them. It's, it's, these are things that they've, they've never actually done. And I, I would assume that that's, it's like that for the, for the um, blind or partially sighted campers, but it's also like that for the siblings. Like, the, you know, it, it's, it's creating sort of a new set of skills for them as at the same time as as you know getting that sense of fun and helping build community was that kind of the plan all along you think or it is that just a, a happy accident i think it's a testament to how we're really not that different right like blind kids sighted kids all enjoy the same kinds of things and yeah it works for everybody it's cool because i think a lot of the sighted kids especially the younger ones I don't, I don't think they feel like this isn't for them as well. You know, my son's been going to camp Hornby since he was really little and he's like only this year, he's almost nine. He's talking about, well, I'm not really part of blind beginnings. And I'm like, well, no, but you know, you're my kid. So you kind of are, but he's just been having a great old time at camp, making friends with kids who are blind, making friends with siblings of kids who are blind and, you know, just really enjoying the activities. So 
we actually got some feedback from a parent that speaks to this perfectly. I loved the community um, and it was nice to see Abby make connections with other kids and even Vivian with all the other siblings. Um, so it was uh, just a joy to be here and, and to meet everyone and just to feel a part of something. Do you get a real kick out of seeing these moments where people begin to realize that? Like they, they start to, to recognize that there really isn't a difference um, between what your what what any of the campers level of vision is like they're just interacting together as a community and that part of it sort of falls away yeah I think I noticed that more with the staff that work at Tribune Bay because you know if they've never if they've never interacted with people who are blind before they're not part of the community at the beginning when we're just getting to know our group leaders you know, they might be more uncomfortable or they're not sure they're uncertain. And by the end, they're just like almost, almost have forgotten that somebody can't see or, you know, cause they just, they just begin to see the abilities, which is what we want, what we want everywhere in life. Right. We just want people to see our abilities rather than any deficits. So that community building, is that kind of built into the plan? Because I know you mentioned earlier that you split everybody off into different groups. And I'm sure that there's sort of a technical component to that as to why you do it, because, you know, everybody can't do the same activity at the same time. But is there kind of a, a strategy behind that when you're making up those groups, like you're trying to sort of mix and match and sort of build out uh, a little bit of community and get people interacting with each other? There is some. I mean, it, it's mostly based on age because the littlest group doesn't do Leap of Faith or Giant's Ladder. Um, and then, you know, so you want people that are relatively similar in size for some of the activities and also maturity because they're going to have more fun if they're hanging out with peers that are, you know, like them or similar to them in age. Um, sometimes I will move people around or some, sometimes people request to be moved around because they have a friend in another group and they want to be with their friend. Or if it's like a single mom with two kids that are different ages, I might put those two kids in the same group so that mom can follow around and watch both her kids through the activities. So, but yeah, it is mostly based on we can't all do the same activities at the same time but that's just during the day meal times you can sit with whoever you want and then in the evenings it's the whole camp together and campfire is the whole camp together so there's lots of time for interacting you know with everybody not just your your activity groups and building that sense of community is at the heart of Blind Beginnings and everything that we do. I would say every program, it's the one thing that people enjoy more than anything. It's always the best thing about the program right. was being able to meet other people who are living a similar experience. So, and yeah, Camp Hornby is probably, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the biggest programs that we do. I think we had 19 families this year. Wow. So where else are you going to meet that many people who also have a child who's blind right yeah or a sibling who's who's blind or mm -hmm. partially sighted i mean i'm sure there's exactly. there's all kinds of different um bonding on different levels um going on during the during the camp yes completely and if you've you know 
maybe the only person you've ever met is your brother or sister who's blind. You just, it just feels so different, right? And then you come to camp and, and you meet all these other people and these other siblings. It's really important for sure for the siblings too. So let's talk a little bit about some of the activities specifically, because I, I thought in listening to the clips, I, there, was a, there was a couple activities that I was really kind of fascinated with. I want to go back and talk a little bit about the giant's ladder okay. um, and talk about just what skills that you see that building on, because it is a really unique activity. Why don't we actually, before I ask you any, any questions about it, why don't we listen to the clip and then we can talk about it on the other side. Yeah. So what I would recommend is you step on my knee. On your legs, yeah. yeah. And so I'm right here, knees bent. Here we go. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. It's all good, buddy. It's all good. Watch my fingers. Oh, yeah. Okay, oh, hold on. Okay, right. hold there. Oh, you okay? Oh, okay. Come on down. You gotta shift you over. Might, you might come. Can you yeah, shut the Yeah, this is good. Okay, come on over. All right. And here we go. Are you ready? Yep. Got that other table. Yeah. Okay, here we go. Yes. Wow, that was fast. <laughs> yes. Good job, you guys. Okay. So I mean, you can you can hear in that clip like just how involved uh, it seems because when you described the giant slider, I was like, well, that sounds that sounds kind of easy oh it's not easy it is so not easy i gotta tell you like so like i said it's hanging there so to get on the first rung you've got to like jump up onto the first rung while this ladder is waving around <laughs> moving around while you're on a harness um and yeah you i did it with my son this year and like i said he's almost nine so he's you know he's not very tall yet and so I would just crouch down and he would step on my leg to get himself up to the next rung. And then I would have to get myself up. There's kind of this coiled wire along the sides of the ladder. And you're kind of like climbing up the sides of the wire like Spider-Man and then trying to hook your feet around the rung and then like, you know, hoist yourself up. It's it's pretty hard. It does require a lot of communication. You could hear that. That was Keisha and Clement. They right. both have basically zero vision. And so, you know, when you can't see your partner too, you're like trying to give them directions. You, you got to support each other. You got to communicate really well and um, work well as a team. So it's so challenging, but it's really rewarding too. Cause you're just, you're literally climbing up, up and up and up and up. And every time you get to the next one, you, you feel a sense of satisfaction and then you're like, okay, let's go for the next one. Do it again. Yeah, yeah. Do people generally make it to the top? Just any curiosity? Uh, not everybody. I think in our group, maybe I made it to the, the fourth four out of five rungs um, with Nicholas. Uh, I think only one pair made it to the top in our group. And I was in group two. So we were like the second youngest of all the campers. Um, and the the pair that made it were the smallest people <laughs> in our group. Like they were both like not very tall at all. They were siblings um, with each other. And then they have a brother who's, who's blind and uh, they got up there. They, they didn't really, they couldn't really help each other. They were too small to do that, but they were able to scramble and climb themselves and they made it to the top they were really proud of themselves. Wow. That's awesome. 
Okay. Now here's my favorite one. I I'm, I'm fascinated to talk about this one. I don't even know. I, to be honest, I don't even know how, or if I could do this, but let's talk about the leap of faith. Um, yes. So maybe set this up a little bit, uh, in terms of give it, give it a little bit more of a description in terms of, so people can kind of picture what this is. All right. So it's literally a telephone pole. It's got staples along the side of it, like large kind of rung, like sticking outy staples that you can climb up. So they kind of alternate up the side of the pole. So you're in a harness and a helmet. You're climbing up to the top. When you get to the top, you have to put both of your feet on the top of the pole and then stand straight up, not holding on to anything. There is this trapeze that's hanging above you that you can try to jump for and hang off of. I have, I think I've only seen one person be able to do that in all the years I've been going to Hornby. Um, but so most people just jump off the top of the pole into the air, into nothing. And then of course you're belayed and there's, there's people on the ground holding you. So they usually have three people holding the rope. They've got the person belaying and then additional people so that, you're supposed to count to three and then jump so that everybody's ready for you to jump so they can catch you. So it's leap of faith because you're having faith that, that the people below are going to catch you when you jump. But also you're just jumping into nothing. Right. And when you can't see, you're literally jumping into nothing. It's uh, I've done it a couple times and yeah, terrifying, terrifying. It's, you know, it's one of those activities that on paper sounds really simple. I think anybody would just be like, well, okay, well, you know, I could deal with that unless you, you knew that you have a real fear of heights. Mm -hmm. But I think that it seems to me that it's a very different story when you are at the top of that pole looking down. And even though you know you're being belayed and you're all harnessed up and everything like that, everything, you know, your, your brain is just screaming at you to not jump. And to do that takes a lot of out of you, right? It's not even the jump, it's the standing up and letting go. So I remember the first time I, you know, no problem, climb to the top. I'm not afraid of heights. My hands are sweating again, just talking about it. <laughs> but I, so I'm crouched on the top. My feet are on the last two staples and my hands are on the top of the pool. So imagine like the diameter of a dinner plate, right? Like it's Oof. not very big. I put one foot up onto the top of the pole and then in the next movement, I have to put my second foot up and let go because there's not enough room for my hands and my feet to be holding on to the top of this pole. And, and so you have to let go. Otherwise you feel like you're going to fall forward, like somersault off face first. <laughs> and I was stuck there for a long time, minutes, many minutes. And, and I remember, I actually said, I don't think I can do this. I don't think, I think I have to climb back down. I, I don't think I can do it. I can't, I can't stand up and not be hanging on to anything. And there's nothing to hang on to. Like you're just up in space. And so I'm, I'm, I was there for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes. I don't even know how long felt like forever. And somebody, one of the youth down below said, Sean, no limits. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. Okay. <laughs> I, I have to that. do this. I have to do this. So, I did it. I stood up and I just went one, two, three and jumped like really quickly and got the heck off of there. But yeah, it was really scary. 
I think we should listen to the clip. Yeah, let's listen to the clip because uh, what, and the reason why this clip really stood out to me is that you can really, you can really hear somebody working through this process in in real time and eventually getting well you know what i'm not even gonna spoil it don't we, give it away don't give it away <laughs> let's okay let's just listen to this clip and we'll we'll talk about it on the other side remember you have to count you have count. to count though you have to it count. can be a fast count but you have to count you're there ty you are so there out of boy come on you can do it you can do it Like frog. Water. Jump like frog. Frog. Green frog. Red. Sand frog. Jump Red. like him. Yep. You got this, Ty. Piece of cake. You did the hard part. Remember, remember it's your teammates that got you. Hi, if you stick your hands out like a bird, I'm sure you could stand up. So holding onto your rope won't help. It doesn't help with balance. I I'm trying to figure out how I jump off. Oh, okay. So move your feet forward more on the telephone pole. So move that. So move your foot more on the telephone pole. It might be easier to stand than jump. And you know how frogs leap? Do a leap of frog. But it's gonna hurt. It will not, not hurt. It's not gonna hurt, dude. You're fine. You can't hurt yourself. You're in a harness. The harness just catches you, and then it'll catch you, and you've got four people holding you up. Um, hey, Tyler. Um, I do a lot of. I used to do like a lot of climbing in the harnesses and stuff. And when you drop, she has the rope tight, and so it's not gonna jerk you and jar you or anything like that. And there's also some flex in the rope as well too, so it acts like a shock system, like in a bike or a car. And so when you jump. She's going to be pulling the rope as well, too, so it's not going to get slack. It'll just be like you're sitting in a swing, okay? And it's going yeah. to hold you and support you, and it's not going to jar you, and you're not going to drop and then suddenly get caught by it, okay? It won't hurt at all. Yeah. It'll be and so, um, so Maya, she, she knows what she's doing on the ropes, okay? And so as soon as you go to jump, what she's going to do is she's going to pull the rope down so it stays, stays snug with you, and then it'll just, and then you'll just swing like a swing, okay? Ready? Yeah. yeah. Okay, do you want to do your three, two, one? Do you want some help? Yeah. Go for it. Three, two, two one. one. That's okay. You got it. You're doing it. Three, Three two, one. Oh, man. <laughs> Three, two, one, zero. Yep. So sometimes what helps if I'm going to do something that I'm feeling nervous or scary about, I just go on two. Well, you gotta because tell then you don't overthink it. That. You must tell you, if you're going on two, tell your belayers. I think I'm gonna go on two. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. You count yourself down so you know when to go. You guys ready? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Three. You got it. Come on. 
You got it. Gonna make it to the bar. Yep. You're gonna make it, dude. You're gonna make it. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Three, two, two, one. One. Big breath, buddy. Don't even think. Just go. trigger you a little yeah yeah i mean i i get it i was up there probably longer than that it's terrifying and people you know one of the volunteers is like oh you did the hard part uh no the hard part <laughs> climbing up those that pole is nothing it's the letting go the standing up and the jumping off is terrifying so yeah way well, to go tyler you rocked it yeah i mean it's funny you've because you've described that activity to me before but it wasn't until listening to that clip that i actually really got it because you can just hear how tense that is and just mm -hmm. how much you know he was fighting that fear so it must be really super invigorating when you come off down off that and really know that man i did something that scared the crap out of me and and i did it yes totally for some of those campers i mean that that can be a really really important lesson when it comes to trying to learn how to do something that's scary you know i always say like my favorite expression that i say to myself that i say to people as a counselor is courage is being afraid and doing it anyway right it's not not being afraid right? If you're not afraid, it doesn't require courage. It's being afraid and doing the thing. And, and that's what many of these activities are forcing you to do over and over and over again throughout camp. You know, what's interesting about that clip too, is that it goes back to that uh, concept of ACE that, that we talked about at the top of the show. And the, the, especially the E part, the encouragement part, and you can hear just how important everybody else is with that process. Because if you took all those people away and it was just him at the top of that pole, yeah, you know what? I don't think a lot of people probably wouldn't jump, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, and also everyone is 
is facing the same thing one after the other after the other so they know exactly what you're going through because they've right. either just gone through it or they're about to and they're feeling <laughs> equally as afraid <laughs> so it's it means a lot to have the encouragement of the rest of the group for sure so can you speak a little bit then as to why it's important to to have the entire family involved in the camp yeah when i was growing up there was activities for me but my the rest of my family was not ever part of any of that and i think having the whole family there is really beneficial for parents and siblings to be able to see what other people who are blind are capable of for one thing um for the siblings to be included and feel as as much um, involved in the program as their their blind brother or sister is pretty cool and and you know there's going to be less resentment because it's not that the blind child gets all the stuff and they don't get to participate they get to participate too and they also get to see the capabilities and the potential which I think is fantastic. Speaking of which, I do have a clip with a parent that actually talks about that. So let's listen to that. <laughs> how, does it, how does it feel being at camp for the first time? Um, good. It's, it's, a, it's a very good experience. And, and I think uh, I, I, re I realized, I, di I didn't think about it before we, we came, but after coming, I, I'm, re I'm really happy that Mika and Neil joined us because uh, I think it's for them, it's the first time they are in a camp with people that have low vision or blind and, and they, they can see people that um, that do stuff like them yep. but need to do it a bit differently. Different way. Yeah, different yeah, way yeah, yeah. Because uh, they can see and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so he's talking about Mika and Neil. Mika and Neil have a brother, Tom, who's visually impaired, who's fairly new to... Uh, visual impairment was just diagnosed during COVID. And uh, so, yeah, this is like, it was great that their family was able to come to Hornby for the first time. And I know everyone had a good time. All members of the family enjoyed it. Well, and that must be such a, a getting, getting a program like this at such a crucial time, I would think is, is really important too. Because when you're at the beginning of that, of sort of that vision loss journey, having something like this can be really super impactful at, at that point. Yeah. And I think, you know, the fact that the focus isn't really on being blind, even though it's a camp where so many people are, right. it's, it's just camp, right? It's just like doing fun activities, but in a, in a supported environment where, you know, everything is going to be accessible and you're going to be included and think people are going to consider what your needs are. So I think it's a great, first for people if they haven't really gotten involved in any kind of blindness activity to to come to camp it kind of lowers the stakes a little bit but it's so impactful i i know one of our families the last camp three years ago when they got to camp her daughter was visually impaired and she's she said to her mom you're the one that's different here, not me. Like, mm. look at all these people with white canes like mine. You know, she just felt like she'd found her place where she belonged. And actually the, the parents and the siblings were kind of the oddballs <laughs> because they could see and they didn't have a cane. Well, and that, that spins off into the, the next question that I wanted to talk about was, was the sort of the importance of the campers being able to sort of meet and interact with and socialize with peers that have the same or similar eye conditions as, as they do. 
Yeah, it's really probably the most empowering. I don't know. I remember going to summer camp when I was a teenager and it was the first time I was with a group of people who were also visually impaired. And in my normal life, in my everyday life, you know, I was the only one that was visually impaired in my school, in my family and in every activity that I did. So to come to a group of, you know, to a place where everybody was like me was just so freeing. So I think that's a very, very important part of camp. And you know what the fascinating thing about it is that when you when you're in this environment, this sort of this closed environment that's that is completely adapted and accessible, it's like the 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 vision loss part of it really falls away and it, it's just it's not relevant anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you don't have to ask anybody for any accommodations because they're already provided, you don't have to feel like you have extra needs. So if all the activities are set up, the whole program is set up in a way that you are able to participate fully, then you just get to enjoy the activity. See? Can we listen to some of the feedback from families? Sure, I think that's a, that's a great idea. Oh, I think that this has been an amazing experience for everybody and it's been so nice to to see everybody and all their different abilities work so hard and try so hard on uh, lots of different obstacles and making new friends and enjoying new places and I think it's been great and I can't wait to come back. What was it like as your first time? Um, it was busy. I don't think I was quite expecting our days to be quite so full of adventure and and everything, just interacting and everything. It was it was amazing. It, it surpassed my expectations. Awesome. Sure, this has been such an amazing experience uh, to be here with this wonderful community. We're so grateful to have come and to have learned and to have shared and to be part of this. Uh, we're really excited about the road ahead and hoping to come back just meet all our new friends at some point. How did it feel as a first experience? It's wonderful. Uh, it's such an incredible community here. It's amazing to see people who are blind and low vision take leadership roles and bringing us together and showing that anything is possible. It's been amazing, for sure. We, it's our first experience and we loved it, every, 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 everything about it. And so it's so much fun that it's the whole family together experiencing it. Yeah, and the place is gorgeous as well. I loved it. Um, it was nice to see my kids be challenged in ways that they aren't at home and to conquer all of their little fears and things and see their potential. It was uh, indescribable. And I'm, lo I'm lost for words. Yeah. yeah. Lost for words? Yeah. Was it different than what you expected? I didn't know what to expect. We didn't know that uh, we were gonna stay the whole time, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, to be honest, we didn't know if we were gonna stay the whole time. Um, and we're more than glad that we did. Man, so um, what's that like to hear when you, when you hear feedback like that from parents? It's fantastic. I'm so happy to hear, you know, it surpassed people's expectations. Um, maybe even challenged their views of what they thought 
people who are blind were capable of, um, just that their whole family felt included and enjoyed themselves. Like so many, so many great things. I, I'm, I'm really, really happy. Um, okay, well, you know, we didn't only talk to parents. Uh, we also had some feedback from some of the, the campers themselves. So uh, let's listen to some of those. Um, I really like how I um, got to work together with someone else mm. who is visually impaired, um, which is almost blind, um, to help them get up um, onto the second fret of the giant's ladder. Did you like camp overall? Yeah, especially um, how I, my, um, I was going to do the rock climbing without my glasses and I needed help um, being um, guided to other spots to beat my record and um, I asked everywhere and they, um, and I asked someone who helped Sean and she said yes of course. So everyone was helpful. <laughs> yeah. And everyone was cheering me on when I was climbing to the top. It's great. It's a lot of fun, very tiring, very energetic. Enjoy it. Enjoy it a lot. A bit more? Are you sure? Highlights? Highlights. The Giant's Ladder. The Giant's Ladder? The Giant's Ladder. I feel like I did, that was the best thing that I did so, like throughout the entire camp. Not only because of my time, but just like physical exuberance. It was a lot of fun. It was it was like the, definitely the most fun that I've had in a long time. With the giant ladder and the, um, what's it called, uh, the leap of faith, because like you just jump, and I just ran up the entire thing and then just pushed off and hoped for the best. So it was definitely like a lot of fun. And the community was good. It was it was better. It was it was more than good. Better than you expected. Better than I expected. Yeah. Because I had experiences where it was like. Um, because like I'm in that gray zone of vision, like a lot of the people in the blind community were like, what are you doing with us? Like, get out, you, you have good eyes, go over there. And then the people with the good eyes are like, no, what are you doing? You go over there. So like this over here, it was like, it didn't matter. So it was great. I can so relate to what he's talking about from when I was a teenager and, you know, living with vision that was good enough to be able to see without a white cane and kind of get by, but not great. <laughs> and feeling like you don't belong anywhere and and I just love that this was better better than and you know just that the community was was fantastic for him and he felt completely welcomed and included and like he belonged and that's so important that's really what Blind Beginnings is all about now something that we haven't talked too much about yet but of course Camp Hornby is its success really also hinges on a very important group of people, which is volunteers. Um, and I do have a clip actually from a, a, a volunteer that I want to play. But before I do that, can you speak a little bit about the volunteers and just how important of a role that they do play in, in the camp? Yeah, so because the Tribune Bay staff don't have a background in blindness, we bring sighted volunteers to help guide the kids through the activities, provide more verbal description. If there's any help needed at mealtimes, you know, finding the ketchup for your burger or putting syrup on your waffle or whatever it is, um, helping in getting to and from camp on the ferry and on the bus. 
and being a chaperone in the cabins, somebody can't find their other shoe. <laughs> There's lots of different needs that, that we might have throughout the camp. And we really appreciate so much our volunteers. It's, it's a really important part of the program and really we, it wouldn't be possible without them. So big thank you to all the volunteers who came. It was really hard to get volunteers this year. And I so appreciate those that we had. I'm excited to hear what this volunteer had to say. All right, well, let's play it. What did you think about camp as a volunteer? Well, it was wonderful for many, many reasons. And, um, you know, I had still some biases that I needed to challenge, and they definitely got challenged. And um, I learned a lot of things about myself as a sighted person, too. Um, and, yeah, it was just amazing seeing the kids do all these things that I'm even freaked out to do because I have, you know, issues with heights but it was amazing it was amazing seeing the parents seeing how they were relating to the experience and um, seeing the community like seeing how everyone had all these memories for years and years whether it was a camp song or a memory from 10 years ago I don't know it's cool you can tell there's like a whole culture behind this the blind beginnings culture and I love the song the camp song is perfect like it was great Nick was singing it at the end you know um, Sean's son and it was so cute like, yeah and I think we can all see things differently sided non-sided I think that song can apply to so many people so I appreciate that I appreciate what the blind community brings the side the community if that makes any sense if you know what I'm saying yep. yeah so yeah that's it so what's interesting about that clip to me is is there seems to be like a real impact on on that particular volunteer like her her, the, the way that she sees um, vision loss seems to be completely reversed. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, she was fantastic from from before she came to camp. But I think, yeah, like challenging her own biases and it, it's going to continue to happen. I think even for people who have been around blindness, it, it never fully you know, I'm sure there's always going to be things that surprise you. There are still things that surprise me sometimes that somebody can right. do. And I'm like, oh, we can do that. <laughs> Black people can do that. <laughs> and we're all so individual in our talents, our strengths. So it's it's fantastic. Um, I know that many volunteers will say to me, I, or I've had, I've had volunteers say to me that coming and helping out with Blind Beginnings programming be has become their self-care it's the thing they do that that really boosts them up that makes them feel rewarded and appreciated and so it you know they're helping out but hopefully they're getting something back in return she also talked about the song i see differently right and at the end of camp on the final morning we sing the song in the dining hall at the end of breakfast and clement got a recording of that this song was written several years ago we did this theme shop um workshop this man came and and his job is to help organizations write songs about about their organizations and we wrote a song called i see differently and I love it. And we sing it at all of our camps. And um, a lot of people were new this year. So we didn't have as many voices as I would have liked. I think they kind of picked up on the chorus, but <laughs> a lot of them are learning it for the first time at this camp. 
All right, and you know, we're going to debut that right now. So let's uh, give that a listen and how that went down at uh, Camp Hornby 2022. Just like it was the end to camp, I think that's a good place to end this episode. Uh, thank you, Rob, for joining me for this conversation. Thank you. Thank you for, for allowing me into the world of, of Camp Hornby because it was, it was really fascinating to, uh, to put together all these clips. And I, and I kind of do feel now that in my own way, I did get to go to camp this year. Well, if you want to come next year, you're welcome. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks for listening, listeners. Um, if you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. We'd love to hear from you. Please share our podcast with a friend, like, subscribe, leave us a rating, only if you like it, of course, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.